Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. Today, we will be diving into our first ever musical, which means there will be lots of singing. The musical we are doing today is my personal favorite, Annie, from 1982, starring Aileen Quinn as Annie, Carol Burnett as Miss Hannigan, Albert Finney as Daddy Warbucks, Tim Curry as Rooster Hannigan, and Bernadette Peters as Lily. And with me virtually is my good friend, Christina. Hello. Thanks for coming back on the show to do our first ever musical. Oh, absolutely. I love musicals, and this is one of my favorites, so I'm thrilled. I'm so happy that this is also the first one we're doing. Um, So for those of you that aren't familiar with the movie, we'll be focusing more on the film than on the Broadway production, but basically the story is set during America's Great Depression in the 1930s and follows a 10-year-old orphan named Annie who is stuck in an abusive orphanage run by the evil Miss Hannigan and longs to find her birth parents whom she believes are still alive. Lucky for her, she has chosen to spend a week with the richest man in New York named Daddy Warbucks because he wants to promote himself. Through amazing dance sequences, music, and singing, we follow Annie and her loyal dog Sandy during her week in a billionaire's house. However, she still longs to find her real parents. So, Christina, what do we think of Annie? I love this movie. It's like one of my go-to feel-good movies. Like, I feel like I put it on a lot, um, or I would put it on a lot, like, when I was younger and when I'd be sick or, like, just having a day at home. And it just, I'm always happy when I watch it. It's so well done. It makes me happy. Granted, like, to be clear, pretty racist. Definitely, definitely pretty racist. (laughs) That's definitely not good. Um, and I mean, you know, if there's one of the few things that the Broadway show does better than the movie is that the Broadway show is significantly less racist, which is good. Um, but you know, if it weren't for the glaring racism, this would be a perfect movie. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh my God. The inappropriate racial stereotypes in this movie. And when you hear like the music, you know, who's going to come on screen and it's like, no, no, no. Um, so I didn't really pick up on that as a kid and like, I told you before I started this podcast that um, I actually hadn't seen this movie since I was at least 10. So it's been like almost 10 or at least, yeah, 10 years. Oh my God, I'm an adult. (laughs) Um, So yeah, 10 years or so. I mean, I do see clips. I always love to watch, um, like my favorite scene of the movie is when she sings Tomorrow with President Roosevelt. That's like my favorite scene. I cry every time I see that. It's so beautiful. Aileen Quinn is just so adorable. I mean, there's nobody else that could have done this, I don't think. She just, ah, uh, she's just so great. But yeah, except for those um, racial, inappropriate racial stereotypes, this is like my favorite ever musical. I think it's like the best musical. I love it so much. Yeah, well, and it's like interesting too, because I feel like it's very, like, obviously the movie is not set in the 80s. So when I say that it's like very 80s, I don't mean literally in terms of plot. But I think in the representation of, like, Punjab and the, like, Asian servant who doesn't even get a name, it's interesting because it feels very much like a movie made in the 80s in that, like, spoiler alert, on the one hand, like, Punjab is very much an important character who is portrayed to be, like, the hero at the end of the day. He's, like, the big hero who saves Annie's life at the end of the movie. And so, you know, on the one hand, they're, like... You know, Mm -hmm. we're starting to get to, 
like you can see the seeds being planted of their like starting to be more thoughtful representation and like oh cool Punjab actually gets to like do good things yes. and be a real person and like be a hero but we still are like really locked in stereotypes and like problematic imagery and so it's like that weird like 80s middle ground of like we're we're getting there we're starting to get there yeah yeah like pin punjab is such a cool character and he is pretty much the hero of the story but at the same time 80s was still in that kind of trope of the white guy sidekick yeah <laughs> but they were starting they were starting i mean if this was done um even 10 years like in 72 it would have been like they wouldn't have even had a punjab character yeah well i'm that's like what's also interesting is because obviously like the the movie is based on the the comics actually i don't know if you knew that um mm-hmm. but uh the there was like little orphan Annie or little orphan annie comics from like way back in the day that would be printed in the newspaper, which was, like, the source material for everything. And, like, Punjab was a character in the comics, but I've never read them myself, so I have no idea, like, what he was like in the comics. So, like, you know, clearly they based him off of, like, something. They didn't just invent him for the movie, but... No. Yeah, no, I and I, I did read somewhere that it was, like, he was a character in the comics, even though he's not in the musical, but I feel like... If it was done earlier, they just would have totally written him out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I need to ask you, do you remember, like, the first time you watched this movie? Okay. See, this is the thing. I don't know if I remember the first time I watched it, but I remember, like, why I started watching the movie was because I have very clear memories of my... Oh, it was either my fourth or fifth birthday party. I want to say my fifth birthday party. And I remember getting Annie on DVD from like one of my friends as a birthday present because I had just started to get like really into singing. And that was like two years before I joined the Bach Choir. So I was like really starting to get into singing and like singing all the time, um, just like at home and at school. And so one of like my friends was like, I guess her and her mom were like, oh, they like music. They like singing. They'll love this musical for children. Um, and so I like have very vivid memories of like opening up this Annie DVD like at my five-year-old birthday party. And I don't remember how soon after that I watched it, but I know the first time I watched it, I was like very young and I remember loving it then. And yeah, it's been like a consistent feel-good movie that I've revisited like over and over again throughout my life. And I still have that DVD at home. I know exactly where it is. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so I did watch this movie on Netflix, because it is on Netflix if you do live in Canada right now, even though we have a lot of Spanish listeners, people in Spain, so... Nice. I wonder if it's on Spanish Netflix. You have to let me know. (laughs) Tell me if it's in, like, Netflix in Spain. But, um, what was I going to say? Okay, so I, I have a very, like, I have a memory of three movies when I was a kid that I just... Like, I remember the first time watching them, and I'll get into it later, but also when I put in the DVD of the Annie movie, which I recently did, and it's, like, for the 20th anniversary. Can you believe it's almost the 40th now? But I have the DVD from, like, the 20th, and oh it opens up with this, like, 
That's the DVD I have. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember this. And it's like this music that's not. And it's like the black and white silhouette. It's not even in Annie, and it's like this circus music. And I'm like, what? Like, what? And there was this like special feature of like Aileen Quinn 20 years later talking about Annie. And I was like, oh, I didn't actually watch it. Probably should have watched it before I. I didn't have time, but the, so the three movies I like really remember getting for like a gift or something was The Princess Diaries. Remember opening that? Back to the Future and then Annie. And I have such a really weird story with the first time I watched Annie. And I think if I remember correctly, I was in grade one and um, I was at home because we had this lice outbreak at my school. And I went to, like, an annex, so, like, even if it's not in your class, there's so few people, you have to, like, stay home. And I think my mom thought I had lice. I remember those days. Yeah, she thought I had lice. In order for the treatment to work well, you have to have it in your hair for at least two hours. And I guess my mom was like, well, what freaking movie am I going to show my daughter yep, yep, yep. that is two I, yep. hours? Because no Disney movie, at least in those days, was two hours long. So I remember clearly I'm sitting in this really uncomfortable chair because you can't lean anywhere because you have like the lice treatment. And I'm sitting halfway between like the bathroom and the living room. And I'm literally watching Annie. And you know what? I probably could relate because all those girls in the orphanage probably all had lice. <laughs> So that's my first memory. <laughs> okay, you just unlocked like <laughs> you just unlocked like a core memory because I remember the one and only time my parents ever treated me for lice. I was like 7 and I'm like fairly confident that I watched The Wizard of Oz while I had to sit for 2 hours and get my lice treatment. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't think when you'd be like clicking on this podcast that you'd be like getting tips on what to show your kids in getting rid of lice. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, like, um, yeah, so The Wizard of Oz was probably the first non-Disney movie I ever saw. And when I was four and five, I'm pretty sure I thought I was actually Dorothy because I dressed up as her for both Halloweens. Aww. But then, so I, I guess in my head, I always thought my favorite musical was the wizard of oz and then i was talking about this movie with my parents last week and they were like no 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 it was annie like you were constantly singing annie and i'm like hmm i guess i could relate to a like a poor little orphan i don't don't know (laughs) i just loved it so much and and you know I didn't really want to rewatch this movie for so long because I didn't think it would be as good but when I was rewatching it on Netflix um like two weeks ago I even though I hadn't seen it in so long I knew like what scenes were coming next I just knew in my head I was like okay Rooster's coming up next oh yeah then it's like Grace is gonna be back on screen they're gonna do the weird we got Annie sequence like I knew everything that was gonna happen I knew what song was coming next I did forget about that whole song with Miss Hannigan and uh daddy warbucks i will say that totally there were things that totally went over my head like she was um literally making alcohol in the bathtub (laughs) okay did not did not get that (laughs) there was a lot that went over my head as a kid and i like i loved singing along with the annie movie as a kid obviously and i'd always like put on like 
I don't even think I'd put on the sing-along lyrics. I think I'd just sing along with it. Um, but because, like, everything went over my head and I never knew, like, what was happening with Miss Hannigan and Daddy Warbucks, I always, like made like my dad do like the miss hannigan and daddy warbucks duet <laughs> with me because i had like no idea what was happening in that number and i was oh just like haha funny duet song with the evil woman and my dad's like daddy warbucks because he's a father <laughs> to me isn't that funny <laughs> oh my god that's so funny and my mom's like you were just dancing around in your underwear singing like you're never fully dressed without a smile <laughs> weird <laughs> I remember being so jealous of um and and oh I should mention that Christina and I sang in a choir and we sang you're never fully dressed with a smile and that's kind of like when we started finally having choir together because yeah. I think we sang on different days yeah, so wow the be beginning like... of our friendship <laughs> but I remember this one girl um and this is around the time and Again, like, not much talk about this for girls, but girls' voices change, okay? So when I was, like, mm-hmm, 12 mm-hmm. or 11 and a half, my voice was starting to change. And I remember this one girl who, like, when we did our, like, solos in the spring concert, she sang Tomorrow, and I was so jealous because I couldn't reach those notes anymore. Oh my and God, I mood. always really wanted to sing Tomorrow. I have no memory of who this girl is. I remember she had, like, brown hair, and I remember being really jealous of her. <laughs> I, like, don't remember that at all, but I have no doubt that that (laughs) happened. (laughs) I just remember being like, Jesus Christ, why can't I be a fucking soprano? (laughs) Okay, mood. Literally me, like, as a, like, 12 to 18-year-old, like, watching Disney movies and having to sing Let It Go down the octave. Down, yeah. (laughs) It's so unfair. Where are all the alto princesses? so so unfair um but I wanted to first talk about before we go into like the songs I love the opening sequence of this movie like the title sequence yes oh my god it's so good I miss opening credits in movies not enough movies do opening credits anymore and I miss them I know and it's like a play because they have you know the little like locket on the left corner and then they have you know um some lace around it and then they have you know the real person's name like carol burnett with a picture of her and it's like a play it's so sweet and in the background they're playing tomorrow so cute loved it i loved how this movie constantly plays homage to um like old musicals because when i was watching it i was like yes okay this is made in the 80s but also I kind of got 50s vibes and all these other things and I just loved it. And um, yeah, just I just loved how it started and I was already smiling and so engaged with the movie. Can I just say, my girlfriend had never seen this movie until I showed it to her like this past what? summer. Yeah, Hannah, Hannah, my girlfriend is like a <gasps> theater major. She knows musical theater like the back of her hand. She'd never seen Annie. I have no idea how that happened. Um, she was like familiar with the Broadway show sort of, but she'd never seen the movies somehow. And so I showed it to her like for the first time this past summer and Hannah like thought that it was kind of silly and she definitely like does not like it as much as I do, which is fine. But I remember the opening credit sequence. She was like, hold on a second. You're telling me that this movie has Carol Burnett tim curry and bernadette peters like this cast is stacked like absurdly stacked it is so stacked and 
Okay, I can't imagine not knowing this movie as a child. Like, I feel so bad for our parents who weren't children when this movie came out because I can't imagine going through life not having this movie in my childhood. I know. Well, it's like I, I, it felt like such like a classic staple of my childhood. I can't imagine like not having, like, yeah, to me, it's, it's like along with like the Wizard of Oz and like Sound of Music. Like these are the classic musicals you watch as a family. Yeah, the moment you come out of the womb, they're there. Like, you know that they're there. Like, they're just there. They're the first things you see. Yeah. Um, But I can't believe I went through my childhood being like, oh, that person's cool, and not knowing who they were. I had no idea that that was Tim freaking Curry and Bernadette Peters. Tim Curry? Okay, oh my god, wait, I have to... I have to fact check this, but I'm like fairly confident that like within the span of like five years or like 10 years max, Tim Curry was in both Rocky Horror Picture Show and Annie. No, okay, five. So it was like five years difference because Annie started filming in 1980. So it was literally five years from Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's iconic. Like the versatility. (laughs) I know. And I will get into Easy Street, but like I was like, whoa, this is really sexy. But like, wow, Bernadette Peters, um, yeah, did not know that was her because as a kid, you just don't know these things. And then Miss Hannigan, like, oh my God, Carol Burnett is amazing. She's such a gem. She's perfect. I love her. She's so perfect in that movie. She should have won an Oscar for this. Truly. I can tell you like what scene, like I was like, give her a damn Oscar is when she's drunk and she's walking by a straight painting and she literally makes it crooked. <laughs> she makes it that crooked. is the Oscar winning scene. Little of the Girls movie. is an Oscar winning scene in and of itself. Little Girls is oh, phenomenal. Yeah. And when she's like clinking the glasses to get the right note, like the right tune, and it's, it's like so clink, good. clink, little girls. Like it's so funny. Um, I can't believe I was looking this up as I do after every movie I watch if I like it because I am a nerd. I look up the soundtrack on Spotify and I could not find the original Annie on Spotify or iTunes. And that makes me really sad. Like who decided this? Yeah, they have like the soundtrack for the like bad like 90s Disney version, which I've never seen. And like, oh, it looks so bad. Oh my god. Oh, it looks Don't so bad. I've never even yeah. gone near it. Didn't even know it existed. Anyway, <laughs> I can't believe the music is not on anything. Like I was listening to it on YouTube. I'm like, this is a crime. I want to pay for this music. <laughs> I will pay good money for this music. I, I think I need to just buy the vinyl, even though I don't have a um, a record player, and just buy it. I have the Annie vinyl. Oh my god! It was what? it was one of the best days of my life. I found the Annie vinyl at the local like record store in Sackville for ten dollars because it was used. It had been like given to the record store like by somebody else, and I have like the vinyl of the. 1982 Annie's movie soundtrack and it's one of my prized possessions that is so lucky I really really want that even though I don't have a record player nothing makes me like more angry faster than talking about the 2014 Annie movie that movie gets me furious from like zero to 100 in (laughs) six seconds because like here's a newsflash this movie only works first of all if it's set 
in the Great Depression. Like, that's the only way this movie works. It just, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense in a modern <laughs> setting. It really doesn't. And also, the only good member of that cast was the little girl who played Annie. The little girl who played Annie, phenomenal. She was great yeah. singer, adorable, great actor. Literally everybody else in that movie is terribly cast. I love Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is a terrible daddy warbucks. He doesn't belong no. in that movie. He's literally always a gangster in movies. How am I supposed to like him? Well, like. and like, Jamie Foxx has been in like some very good movies, but he's not good at being like a billionaire Endearing. turned dad. Also, yeah. like, Cameron Diaz no. is a fine actor and a terrible singer. And she no. was terrible in that movie. No, she's like, okay, actor, you're giving her like the benefit of a doubt. <laughs> like, she's fine. Like, yeah, she's okay. The only movie I really like her in is The Holiday, and that's about it. And she's like the um, most but, forgettable character yeah. in The Holiday. Anyways, oop. Exactly. She doesn't even say I love you back. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, I wanted to just mention how happy I was when I saw kids on screen in this. And how they actually look like kids, not like nowadays where they're six years old and they look like they're 16. Just made me really happy that they looked normal. They were like actual real children doing real things yeah. that children do. What a concept. Yeah. Not like these Stranger Things people who are like five years younger than me and they look like they're 35. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's very uncomfortable to me. I, I hate it. So I love that all these little children look like children. And I always could relate to the little one that says, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, yeah. that would be me. Oh my god, I love her. <laughs> her only line in the whole movie, but she's the most memorable. <laughs> um, I think we should just, like, before we go through the songs, I want to just talk about how cool Annie is. Like, she's so strong and, like, so cool, and she's kind of like a feminist, and also, she's, like, not dainty, as so many girls have to be, usually, in these movies. And she's just such a powerful character. No, Annie's, like, a badass kid. And honestly, she's, like, yeah. a really good role model, I feel like, for little kids. Because she's, she, like, you know, she's not, like, hyper-masculinized or, like, oh, yeah, Annie, she's a tomboy. Like, she's very much yeah. still a little girl. But she's also a badass, and she takes care of herself and her friends and she like speaks her mind and is very intelligent and she's just like really yeah. cool and she's one of those um child actors where you know she's not trying to be an adult she's just still a kid but she's like very mature and um like knows what she wants to say and I love in those scenes where she kind of manipulate adults and she instead of crying like if she didn't get her way or be like oh my gosh I have to leave she kind of switch and be like that's okay I had the most fun I'll ever have in years I'm just gonna go I don't have to go to the movies like she like twists it and then you kind of are like well no you have to go now like she's so she's smart so smart she's so good but also like she's still a kid and they have some really good moments of her just being a child and like yeah. I love her she's so baby <laughs> actually when I was watching this I thought all the women in this movie are pretty powerful and they all you know have their own jobs they make their own money well I don't know about Lily we can get back to Lily but you know Grace makes her own money she's pretty powerful Miss Hannigan well she spends it but she still has a job she's an independent and, businesswoman yeah she's kind <laughs> of sure um 
And yeah, the other one's just really powerful with her like sexiness. I don't know. But um, listen, Lily's hustling and I respect her for it. She's playing the long game. (laughs) Yeah, she just wants to buy some bread and milk with 50 grand. I mean, yeah. Something close for the child. Yeah, yeah. Really, that's like a million dollars back then. You don't have to work again. You could buy five cows. Like, but okay, whatever. Um, also, some things that stood out to me, renting your own theater, that is very timely. Oof. <laughs> Just wanted to put that out there. If only. That, yeah, like rent your own theater right now. That is a thing you can do. Uh, if you are interested and you have money like Daddy Warbucks. Is it really? Uh, yeah, there's actually a theater near where I live called Dunbar Theater, and um, they are not allowed to show any movies uh, showing, so you can rent out the private theater for like 150 bucks, and you can watch whatever movie you want. Wow, that's like actually really cool. <laughs> that's cool, and you know, all my life I've really wanted to re-watch, you know, movies, and now in like other theaters like Cineplex here right now, they're showing, you know, like classic old movies and it's like wow I could go but I don't want to get COVID but at the same time I've always wanted this like they're showing the sound of music and they're showing Hocus uh, Pocus like all these great movies and I'm like uh, what now? If only there During weren't a, a global pandemic? pandemic. Yeah damn uh, so yeah not gonna do that but anyways if it was maybe Annie maybe I'll like I'll, I'll try I'll, <laughs> I'll find a way to go but um I also wanted to just mention how great it is that there isn't just one antagonist in this movie. Like, obviously it is Miss Hannigan, but also the Great Depression is, like, an antagonist for everybody except Daddy Warbucks. And that's just really cool, because even Grace mentions to Miss Hannigan, you know, poverty is such a huge issue, and she's like, um, you know, you don't want to be out of a job right now when she's wanting to take Annie away. And, and, and it's just kind of the theme Everyone kind of is like, there's so many orphans because nobody can take care of their children due to the Great Depression. And that's why this movie really only works during the Great Depression, because it was like so many children abandoned and so many people out of work living in poverty. And I thought that was like really neat how they did that. Yeah, well, and I also feel like, and obviously I'm like not going to harp on the 2014 Annie too much because I hate that movie, but I think that like, it like the the 1982 movie and like the original story of Annie period works so well in the Great Depression because of like all of those underlying themes but also like there are definitely ways that you could make it to apply to modern day but it requires like way more nuance and like actual mm-hmm. care and research into the economic goings on of like poor communities in New York right now than 2014 Annie tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. It also would be a bit more difficult because there aren't really orphanages anymore. It would be like foster homes. Oh my God. Don't Um, even get me started on 2014 Annie changing the line to, uh, no one cares for you a bit when you're a foster kid. I was like, I hate you. No, no, just no, it didn't have to happen. Aileen Quinn is so good in this. Just no, no. But also, I didn't even realize that in the 30s, you couldn't have, like, alcohol because it was, like, the prohibition. So that's why she's making her own disgusting alcohol in the bathtub. Yeah, that definitely did not click until relatively recent, like, a relatively recent reviewing of Annie. Like, as a kid, I was, that went way over my head. So should we talk about the song Maybe First? 
I love that song. I love Maybe. I don't think I can put in the song, so... Because I don't want to, like, go to jail for copyright issue, but (laughs) I'll just, like, hum the melody. Like, it's like, maybe far away, or maybe real nearby. Like, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's so sad when she says the line, um, I'm just looking up the lyrics here, where she's like, um... Their one mistake was giving up me. Like, it's so sad. Oh, that song, it just makes me melt. I I honestly, I, I love Tomorrow so much. I kind of prefer maybe just a little bit as like an Annie solo song because it just like breaks my heart yeah. and it's so beautiful. And I'm always like, oh. Me too. And like, we'll get into Tomorrow, but I actually had this weird image that she sings Tomorrow in the Orphanage. And I was like, oh, right, she doesn't do that. I I forgot. Yeah, it, like, feels like it would be something that she would sing in the orphanage. And then you're like, oh, pranks. (laughs) Yeah. And then we're introduced to, like, Annie's, like, the mom of the orphanage. But she's also, like, the least person that works. So I was like, does she deserve to spend a week with Daddy Warbucks? Because she's, like, caring for that sweet little Molly girl. And Molly is so sad. And Annie's just telling her, like, you know, it's okay. We'll get adopted. And... Molly's like, no, you're the only one that has parents out there because if you don't know the story, Annie is wearing half a locket and her parents, I don't know how she knows this if she was a baby, but somehow she knows that her parents have the other half of the locket and when they come back together, they'll put the like locket together and then they'll be a family again. So Mm. yeah, I don't know how she knows this. Because she would have been a baby. She's been in the orphanage for 10 years and she's 10. So don't quite know how she knows this. Um, <laughs> Semantics. Something she knows. Maybe she remembers as a baby. I don't know. And um, yeah, we meet cute Molly. And then we get into like the hard knock life. Oh no. Then Miss Hannigan comes on screen. Carol Burnett. We're our first glimpse oh. of amazing Carol Burnett. It's such Andy an iconic entrance. Yeah, they never miss. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. She's so good. And she doesn't, like, go over the top with playing drunk. She's just perfect. <sighs> yeah, she, so like, perfect. I mean, Carol Burnett always knows how to hit the comedic beats, like, yeah. perfectly. Do I smell happiness in here? Like, the, like, the li- <laughs> lines are so good. Um, then they get to work at, like, 3 in the morning. And then we get to, like, it's a hard knock life for us. And then we get into that. And I always remember the line. Um, what is it? Like, Santa Claus, he never comes. Santa Claus, who's that? Who's he? And I'm like, they don't know who Santa Claus is. I remember my six-year-old self being like, what? They don't know because they can't presents. Where's Santa? Um, yeah, where's Santa in all of this? Again, Annie is making more of a mess than cleaning up. Um, she's like splashing dishes everywhere. There's broken dishes. Water is everywhere. It's like, do you really again deserve the week? Hey, there's that I, one I dance montage where she's cleaning the floor, sort of. Yeah. So they didn't really clean. They made more of a mess. But the dancing is so good in this. With like the little one that's like, oh my goodness. And then little, little Molly is pretending to be Miss Hannigan. That girl is amazing. She does a great impression of Carol Burnett. She's like six years old. Yeah, no, the kids, the kids are all really good in it. And they're all like really good, like actors and singers and dancers. Like genuinely the dance number for A Hard Knock Life, like some of that choreography is bonkers. Yeah. 
And then I guess after that, I love how quick the scenes are. Like the pacing is really good in this movie because it's like the end of Hard Knock Life song. Annie jumps into the laundry basket. They cover her because she's trying to escape for the millionth time because she's always trying to escape. Don't really know where she's going to go. I guess she's hoping to like go on the street and find the necklace of the the other half of the necklace. Not quite sure what she's planning here, but she's done it many times. She's self-sufficient. Yeah. She goes into the basket and then we get to like Mr. Um, Oh, what's his name again? Mr. Bundles. Mr. And, Bundles. You know, Mr. Bundles helps Annie, which is so sweet. And he's like pretending to flirt with Miss Hannigan. Again, totally forgot how thirsty Miss Hannigan is in this. <laughs> I did not know what that meant then. But my God, this woman just, Jesus Christ, she's so thirsty. She wants a man. <laughs> she is so sad. Like her character is very pathetic, but also like very sad. I feel bad for her. Um, so she's literally then gets taken away in the laundry basket. Mr. Bundles helps her. Then he just, like, leaves her on the street. You know, the police, the cop is chasing her. He doesn't think, hmm, maybe I should be chasing the guy that literally just let her out of the laundry basket. But whatever. Then we meet Sandy. Don't think about that. (laughs) Yeah, don't think about that. The pacing, though, is so good. Like, bam, bam, bam. And then, like, you know, back to the orphanage. It's really good how it's, it all kind of works out like it's a stage. Um, then we get to my least favorite song, because I find it really hurtful, um, when Annie finds this dog that she helps save, and then she calls him Dumb Dog. I hate that song. I don't like it. It's very mean. <laughs> I always forget like, that it exists. <laughs> you are a dumb orphan. Like, she's like, Dumb Dog, why are you following me? And it's like, no, that's not nice. Like, you just saved him, and now you're being abusive, just like Miss Hannigan. <laughs> really mean then she it's gets okay, like because they give him his name later and it's cute yeah. okay when it's revised with sandy then it's cute but then of course the pound guy comes and he wants to take sandy away because that's what happens and he has literally like a big net so it's like whoa you're actually gonna like catch the dog <laughs> like he's like carrying around a net and it's like whoa he's like a fish like you're actually gonna catch him and you know she's like gonna calling scoop that dog right up <laughs> yeah scoop him right up um and then there's that whole problem where she's trying to call sandy even though it's not her dog and he's like well I'll let you have the dog if he comes when you call it. And this is when my dog would not come either. Like, if I kept calling Shotzi at that very moment, she would not come. And it's, like, so (laughs) stressful because it's like, oh, my God, just go. She's trying to save you. And then she gets to keep the dog, but she gets taken back to the orphanage. Um, She sneaks Sandy in, if I remember correctly. And then it's pretty much them singing that little Sandy song. Um... They're all, like, scratching his belly. The dog in this is so cute. He's really well-trained as well. And then, what happens after that? Oh, then Grace comes to claim she wants to get an orphan for Daddy Warbox. And that's kind of, like, the main opening of, like, what is going to happen in the story. And it's not really clear, though, why Daddy Warbox wants an orphan, but I'm assuming it's for... I was going to ask... I was going to ask you that because, like, uh, the last time I saw this movie was, you know, like, a few months ago, um, and I still am fuzzy on exactly why Daddy Warbucks, like, needed an orphan for a week. It was definitely, like, Mm -hmm. a PR, like, 
look, I'm helping the orphans thing, but I'm definitely like yes, a little fuzzy on that clear. stuff. It just is like, like, how mean is that? You know, you take this orphan away from the orphanage for a week and then you bring her back. I mean, they're never going to be content again. They've just seen the sunny side of life, literally. And then you're going to like make them go back. That's worse than like leaving them in the orphanage, I think. I think I'd be more hurt seeing what it would be like to live with that wealth and then have to go back again, that's torture. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's definitely like a weird way to get the plot going, but whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, Grace Grace comes in, and then Miss Hannigan thinks she's like, yeah, Miss Hannigan's like, I'll let you have any other child except Annie, because there's some weird, like, complex going on between Miss Hannigan and Annie. Maybe Annie reminds her of Miss Hannigan. I don't know. Um, and, like Annie reminds her of herself. I'm not, not quite sure about that, but she hates Annie. And she's just like, you can have any other orphan except her. Love the scene when Miss Hannigan literally falls off the chair. She's just so funny in this movie. I love it. I love Carol Burnett. And when Grace convinces Miss Hannigan to let her have Annie, and um, Annie's like all excited, and Miss Hannigan's like, leaping lizards. Like, she's so. Yeah, oh my god, funny. that moment's so good. <laughs> leaping i can't even do the voice but it's so good it's like just look so up, you specific know. yeah just look up carol burnett leaping lizards and you'll hear it in like that tone i can hear her in my head it's so yeah, good she yeah, does yeah. a way better job than me <laughs> but like her face and those like fake eyelashes she really reminds me this time around of like a mean disney villain like the the disney villain in the rescuers um i don't know if you ever saw the rescuers. Yes. Oh my god, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she reminds me of her. Isn't that kid an orphan? In the yeah. rescuers too? Penny. Yeah. Penny. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe it was like on purpose. Not quite sure. Um, so then we get to, you know, the big like, welcome to Daddy Warbucks' house. And it's like, I don't really remember how this one goes. I think I'm gonna like it here. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm there's like I'm very 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 glad to be here like yeah, something yeah. really weird and then there's like this two there's this like I the thing that always stands out to me is these two old men that like talk to one another and they're like we've never had a little yeah. girl we've never had a little girl like it's so funny and then like the guy literally like jumps up the balcony is like here's Annie I'm gonna give you a rose because apparently they're very happy to have a little orphan here and she's just like playing on the piano or the organ and she's like what do I clean next and they're like no silly you don't have to clean anything I don't know if you've ever seen um I started watching this show on Disney plus like last year called Encore uh with Kristen Bell right so good it's one of my favorites so Yes, with Kristen Bell, and it's, like, basically, like, Kristen Bell gets together a bunch of, like, people, like, 10, 20, 30, 40 years later who, like, in high school put on a production of, like, a certain musical, and then she brings them all back, and they have, like, three days to get the musical together again, like, an abridged version of it, Um, and there's a really good episode where they, like, get a cast, like, 30 years later to come back and put together a production of Annie because they'd done that when they were in high school, Um, and I always remember the maid during uh like the older maid during i think i'm gonna like it here goes soap no bubbles i think because in that episode of encore they have like 
their old drama teacher who is like very elderly and I'm pretty sure retired by that point like have a sort of guest appearance she gets to play the maid like in their like revival production and so they like show her like rehearsing her one line of like soup no bubbles I think and it's so cute it is like not up there is like my favorite Annie song but I do like it it is very catchy once you get it in your head I think I was just going to say, I don't think there's any Annie song that I don't like, which is part of why I like listen to the record all the time is because there's definitely songs I like better mm. than others, but there's not a single song from this movie that I yes. skip or that I'm like, oh yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. I love them all. Um, and I love the numbers. They're so good. So then there's like the whole, we got, uh, not we got Annie, sorry, I think I'm going to like it here. And that's how we kind of meet Albert Finney, who's Daddy Warbucks. And... I really like Albert Finney in this. He's so good. He's so endearing. He's so good. And his, like, his voice, oh, my God, when I was younger, my dad would always try to do, like, an impression of Daddy Warbucks, and it made me, like, so happy because his voice is, like, so specific and iconic. Yes. And he's he's just, like, so perfect in that role. I'm not even going to try because I just ruined it, but it's so sweet. Like, I know instantly. I can hear his voice in my head as we speak. Um... And then I think the next song after that, or it's basically, what happens? At, oh, I think it's Little Girls, which is so good because we go flat, we go back to the orphanage again. We cut away and we're seeing like Miss Hannigan depressed because Annie got to go live with a billionaire and she's just kind of like hanging out in her lingerie, whatever that is, and her robe with like the radio in her oh, hand. Oh, that like, good. Dun, 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 little girls. Yeah. Like I know it. <laughs> Oh, it's such like the song is the song is so like well done on so many levels because like the music yeah. is so sort of like it like the music fits her entire being perfectly. You're yeah. like, this is what is playing in her head right now. <laughs> this is what she hears. And then she's like hanging out in her bathtub, again, like not watching the orphans. Um <laughs> like just doing her own thing. And then we get the gift from God looking in through the window and those are my like okay carol burnett steals the show for me until like 40 or so minutes into this movie and then after that it's like rooster and lily i want more of them so much i want like a pre be like show of just rooster and lily but i want it to be those two people like playing them because it's like it wouldn't be the same without Tim Curry and Bernadette Peters but my god I really like I love all of their scenes they're so good um but then we get like them looking they're at so Miss Hannigan good. through the window and like oh god is that my sister definitely not weird at all <laughs> can I just say this is like kind of messed up but um I like I've always loved the song Little Girls Um, and, like, there was definitely, like, I'm still, don't get me wrong, I'm still pretty anti, like, giving birth to my own child. I think that that's gross and something I would never want to do, but, like, when I was, like, between the ages of, like, I want to say, like, 10 and 15, I was pretty adamantly, like, I will never have children, like, children are gross, Mm -hmm. and so I remember, like, listening to little girls and singing along with it and being like, yes, queen, I get you. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. That's so funny. And like, like I was a child. Miss Hannigan. Like... Yeah. Miss Hannigan is pretty like easy when it comes with men, but at least she's like responsible about not getting pregnant. I got this. Exactly. Yeah, she's a you know, she's she's a queen. 
Yeah. Um, we're, 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 <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, you were saying about she's what was so going to happen after that. She's so sleazy in this movie. No, she's just so sleazy in this movie. I can't look at her without laughing. Like, she's just so, so, like, she's too much, but she's just enough. Like, again, like, she yes. steals this movie for me, literally until Tim Curry comes on stage, and then I'm like, oh my god, now I love this movie. And I do remember feeling that same way as, like, a child. I just, it just wasn't as strong. But <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're fantastic. Um, oh my god! So we literally know their dynamic as like brother and sister right away. I have to say the the brother like re- sister relationship between Rooster and Miss Hannigan is a bit odd. She's very jealous of Lily, and I'm like, hmm, are you jealous of like your brother's girlfriend? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, There's sometimes some little, really weird, little like. Weird. <laughs> little weird little weird not gonna go too much into that but um you right away know what they've come for and we find out kind of like it's kind of expressed very simply that rooster just got out of jail he's now with another girlfriend so he's like kind of been around the block done bad things he's a criminal we just think he's a criminal we don't think he's any more than that until later on but for now he's just a criminal and um you know he's distracting Miss Hannigan, his sister, while Lily is literally, like, stealing her jewelry. First of all, does Miss Hannigan even have good stuff? She's poor. Like, why are you stealing from your sister? <laughs> like, she's just, yeah. like, she, her stuff is so ratty. Anyways, I guess to them it's really good. Um, just love them right away. She's putting, like, her jewelry down her, like, in her corset, I guess, or in her bra. Don't know if women wore corsets back then. And Miss Hannigan no literally clue. steals... Yeah, Miss Hannigan literally sees her steal from her. And I love the scene when she's, like, pulling the long beads out of her bra. So good. Yeah. And while that is happening, it's so well choreographed. I mean, again, you have to, like, see this visually because I'm not explaining it very well. But, like, while that is happening, Tim Curry then goes into Miss Hannigan's purse and, like, steals money. And it's just so well choreographed. And then, you know, Miss Hannigan thinks she was, like, she beat it. Like, she thinks, oh, yeah, I got, like, I got them they can't steal from me and then tim curry rooster is basically like oh no don't worry sis you know i don't need that five dollars anymore or whatever we'll be fine we won't ask anything from you as he literally has her money it's just so well done give me more the whole movie like the best part of one of the best parts about the movie is that like so much of it is like so well staged down to these like little details where whether it be like the really big musical numbers where there's people like way in the distance like dancing and you can barely see them but it doesn't matter because they've choreographed them anyway or if it's like you know these like moments between like rooster and Miss Hannigan and Lily that are like so well choreographed like it's all just like everything like flows so perfectly into the next scene and like every detail is like planned out yeah it is it is so good and at this time like I actually am rooting for Lily and Rooster like I like them um I find them very cool (laughs) maybe that's like an unpopular opinion but I do I think they're really cool if I was doing this in a musical I would love to be Lily like she's so neat but um yes anyways we yeah we get to that um what happens after that I think we basically go back to the um Oh yeah, there's like the bomb. Okay, I totally forgot that there was a bomb. Oh my god, in this that movie. seems so weird <laughs> and also like so racist, and I have no idea what's happening in it. But the Russians are coming. 
Yeah, like I guess like a Russian communist tries to like blow up Daddy Warbucks. It's so weird. <laughs> it's a really weird scene. And, you know, I probably was tuning out because I was like, oh, my gosh, give me more of Tim Curry. And I like didn't watch like focus on this scene. And I was like, oh, yeah, back to because I have to say after seeing them and their presence, I'm kind of bored at the Daddy Warbucks scenes, like not all of them, but some of them I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah, get on it. I want to get back to like the villains like, oh, at least me when I'm watching it as like an adult. I was like, oh, my God, I want to see more of the other ones. These people aren't as interesting. They're too good. And it's just like <laughs> seeing that I was just kind of like, OK, OK, like I did not fast forward anything because this is not a movie you can fast forward it's sacred no. but at the same time i was like oh i want to see miss hannigan oh, wait, again come on, let's keep her moving <laughs> yeah let's keep it moving so there's that weird like whole bomb thing that sandy and punjab literally saved the day um and then there's like the scene in the pool that i distinctly remembered as well when daddy warbox is swimming and like annie's like swimming with him and the dog so cute. and she says the weirdest line which I needed to write down here was like, she's trying to like be matchmaker with him and Grace. And she's basically like, Grace thinks you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I literally wrote this down because I'm like, what? Have you never heard that expression before? <laughs> I've never heard that expression before. That was like quite Is a common expression. Really cool? Really? That was like that was like quite a common expression when like oh my God. sliced bread was first invented. <laughs> I guess it was really cool. No, I'd never heard it. I was like, what a funny thing to compare. I think it's a woman so with. cute. I, it's like it's so cute though. <laughs> um, so there's that cute scene, and then like the wheels are finally turning in Daddy Warbucks's head, and he's like, hmm, maybe I don't just need money. Maybe I need love too. So there's like that whole thing going on subplots and then another favorite number is for me let's go to the movies annie yes love that one um do you want to talk about it first i just oh i love no well i love that like there there's some numbers where like grace really gets to shine and i know like i know a little bit about the musical i don't know how much you know about like the stage musical um but let's go to the movies was invented for the movie version of it yeah. um because in the musical they have nyc um and a lot of people think that nyc is a better number than let's go to the movies and like i would agree like i i it's nyc is a really good song um but the thing that i love about let's go to the movies is i feel like in the musical grace doesn't really get a lot to do she's very much just like yeah. the woman who works for daddy warbucks and that's it but in the movie she gets to you know i mean obviously she always gets to have a big part in um i think i'm gonna like it here but then she gets let's go to the movies which is like her big number where she gets to be all like glamorous and cool and like do a bunch of yeah. singing and dancing <laughs> and then later um we've got annie i'm pretty sure also isn't in the original stage musical and so then she gets to take lead on that number and i just love like yeah. i love grace so much she's so beautiful and glamorous and i just love seeing her like getting to take the lead on that song because it's good and then they go to the movies and it's so epic and so cool and yeah. also oh my god okay sorry i'm like <laughs> I'm, I'm like keep going no, on about this song but um i was like losing my mind in my music history class last year because we were studying the opera carmen 
And we were talking mm-hmm. about different adaptations of it. Oh my God, I think it was Carmen or was it? No, no. Yeah, it was Carmen. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'll like fact check this and text you later, but I'm like 95% yeah. certain it was Carmen. Anyways, we were like studying music, um, opera adaptations of like the opera Carmen, like stagings of it. And our music history teacher, Dr. Tucker, was like, yeah, it's also been made into movies. And I was like, there's something like really familiar about this plot and I can't place my finger on it. And he was like, yeah, it was also made into this like black and white movie. And then he like showed like one still, like not even a clip. He showed like a still image from the movie Carmen. And I was like, holy shit, that's the movie Annie's watching in let's go to the movies i swear to god i looked it up like i remember looking it up after that class and i like in that moment i was like that is the fucking movie annie's watching and i was so so excited so i looked it up that is actually a real movie um it's called camille yes and it stars greta garbo and robert taylor so it was actually a real movie yeah anyway um the woman that plays Grace and Ranking, she actually just died this Christmas, which is like really sad. But she just oh, died at seventy one. That is sad. Um, but she was a professional. I love how this movie didn't have like big stars, but they actually had professional theater people because Anne Ranking, Bernadette Peters, Tim Curry—they're mainly known for Broadway. And so it's really, really great yes. that they made yes. this more of like a play than like go see this because it has, like, you know, big movie star Tom Cruise in it or something like that. And that's what I love about this because none of the people in this movie yeah, yeah, are, yeah. like, would you say celebrities? Maybe just Carol Burnett's the biggest one. But even her, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Carol Burnett's probably the biggest name of that movie, but, like, it's still, they don't have any, like, glamorous, like, big stars of the day. It's all, like, people who are genuinely yeah, they're good like at what they do. Yeah, they're, like, known for this. <laughs> because they do it all the time and I really like that they didn't just get some you know like has been actress into Grace's rule and then like she just kind of like didn't dance very well because she is a professional dancer and ranking and you can totally tell in that like we got Annie song but like also in let's go to the movie her legs are amazing this is probably the first time I ever like saw a glamorous woman on screen besides like you know I was watching Disney movies Judy Garland in Wizard of Oz and like this and I was like whoa that's what a woman looks like <laughs> like <laughs> that's like, a real oh human God, woman what really the heck nice brown hair literally like the first time I probably <laughs> saw that and it's just she's so good when she's like let's go to the movies let's go see the stars like it's so good it's such a catchy song some people like I was reading um some reviews about this movie um, even though, like, I don't care about their opinion, whatever. But I was looking at some, and they were like, that mo- that scene was, like, way too long. It should have ended when, you know, he's, like, saying, she's like, give the maid the night off. And then Daddy Warbucks is like, kitchen Turn light the off. kitchen yeah, light out. Like, it should have ended there. And I was like, no, because they rented out this whole theater. This is Daddy Warbucks. He's the billionaire in New York. They're going to make it elaborate. They're not going to just go into a theater and sit down. It's going to be like this big thing. It's the depression. They literally need work. And also like it's meant to showcase like this is literally the first time Annie. This is the first week of Annie's life. She's ever really done anything out of the orphanage. The first time she's ever been to like a big fancy movie theater. Like it captures so well that magic of like you can tell how excited she is and how big of a deal this is to her. And it's the first thing that the three of them do as a family. (laughs) 
I know. And she's like running up and down the aisle and Sandy gets to come. I love how Sandy's just sitting and watching the movie with his paws. So cute. And then I love that they kind of show us Camille, the movie. Like for about 10 minutes, we actually watch that movie, which is really cool. I was wondering, because that movie was MGM and um, John Huston's Annie uh, is columbia pictures so i was curious how they got the rights to that but uh i thought that was kind of interesting that they used an mgm film but um anyways i really like that scene i think it's kind of underrated i like the girls that like lift up their legs and like do all their dancing and like the concession guys who are like standing with flashlights and they're walking down it's just so magical and i just miss being at the movie theater and that made me kind of sad but anyway hopefully last thing i saw at the movie theater was spongebob squarepants 3 sponge on the run that makes me sad (laughs) mine was february like 10th and it was knives out so that's good that's what i ended my, it's a good way to end my movie experience for a little while, I guess. Um, I do miss that dude that introduced the Cineplex movies. Now I'm getting really off. But he lost his job before COVID. But anyway, no. now I'm getting off. <laughs> Not yeah, the guy. Yeah, he lost his job. Yeah, I always think of you when I see him. I'm like, oh, yeah, the guy I always see with Christina. Yeah, because we always get to the movie early because we're smart. And we want to get good yeah. seats and we hear yes. the guy. We do the quizzes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh, I miss that guy. Um, okay, so they go to the movies Daddy Warbucks can't believe he just put Annie to bed. Like, big daddy move there. Like, very responsible. He put Annie to bed. So cute. <laughs> That's a really cute scene. Take off scene. her little socks and tuck her in. It's so yeah. cute. And she's like a little doll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. um, then we get to, I guess, Grace convincing Daddy Warbucks to keep Annie. And it's basically this whole montage of... Dun- Dun, dun, dun. We got Annie, dun. Dun. and it's like yeah. the only line. So We got Annie, and everybody's so happy. And then there's that really racist montage Ooh, yeah. of like, "Don't even gonna try to." Nope. No, 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 no. Just nope. Then there's that, and then there's back to dun dun dun. dun. We got Annie. <laughs> back to that again. Um, then we get to the scene where, still waiting for, like, you know, Rooster and Lily here. I'm like, come on, let's get to them. But anyway, then we have to go through, you know, Daddy Warbucks officially adopting Annie. Okay. And we get to, like, the whole sign song, which I completely forgot. Where basically, um, Carol Burnett, Miss Hannigan, is literally leading on Daddy Warbucks. And she's just being like, ooh, like don't sign come be my daddy warbucks literally listen i love that song i don't care that it went over my head as a kid i still think it's silly and i like it and i love like i just love the back and forth because they're both completely opposite people and the interactions are like so good especially like the line i always remember is um it's like toward the end of the song daddy warbucks finally like has enough of her shit and he says like he will get her arrested if she doesn't stop making passes yes, at yeah. him. And she's like, jail? And she goes, I guess I'll never know the feeling. And he goes, you're rotten jail. And then she goes, of running fingers <laughs> through your hair. And it's so through funny. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Daddy Warbucks is wearing a wig in this, Christina? 
<laughs> it's not just Aileen Quinn. <laughs> yeah, literally. I also like <laughs> that. Sorry, that was a really bad joke. I won't. I'll, I'll edit that. Out. <laughs> anyway, um, I love how Spitfire the song is, and like how they're kind of like quit back at one another. And I like the line where. I'm just trying to look up the lyrics, and for some reason, it's all in Chinese. So I don't, I don't know why, but there, yeah, but there's like a really good lyric where he's like, "You lock the children in the closet; they love it." Like there's something like, like it's very like Sondheim Spitfire. I love when yes. it's conversational songs, yeah. and this is like the only conversational song that we have, I guess. Yeah. Um, Oh, when she's like, why shouldn't we make hay? Like, the, like the stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, when she's like, you like to rumba? Like, that whole, my cucaracha. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. And here you're dancing in your scanties. Oh, I know what it was. When it's like, um, he says, you're with someone named Little Caesar. And he's like, he's an uncle. That's the one. That's so funny. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, yeah. We find out that she like literally use um uses their Christmas gifts and we find out all this stuff about Miss Hannigan and we're like, wow, you're more awful than we thought you were. And you know, Daddy Warbucks is such a strong, strong, rich white man and like you don't want to mess with him. <laughs> um I guess after that, um Daddy Warbucks basically comes home and he tells Annie how he wants to adopt her. And they do that weird, like, where she's copying everything he does when they're walking. And it's so cute. And she's, like, trying to keep up with his, like, pace. And he's telling this, like, big backstory. We finally get some backstory on Daddy Warbucks, how he was um, very poor. And he was an orphan himself. And there's that whole thing about him saying, like, he worked his way up at 21. He first made his $1 million, which is, like, whoa, really big achievement. Um, just kind of shows you about the American dream, which I do not believe in, but it seemed to have worked for him. TM. (laughs) There's that whole thing. And then, um, you know, he asks Annie if he wants to be, like, if she can, he can adopt her. And then he gives her, like, a new necklace that says, like, I love you, Daddy Warbucks, like, lock it. And she's like, no. And she doesn't take it. And it's so insulting. And she's like, no, my birth parents are still out there. I need to find them and you need to help me. And his solution to this as a businessman, even though he's getting bombs in his house, is to say his address on live radio, telling people if they are Annie's <laughs> parents and have half a locket, they get 50 grand in 1932. And he wonders why there's like liars in New York. And he wonders why he's literally constantly getting assassinated. It's like, hmm, maybe don't give your address on live radio. <laughs> I never even thought of that, but that's so funny. Yeah, why does he do that? He couldn't have had them meet up at like right. a different location. <laughs> I love when they're doing like reading over the radio and he's like, Warbucks, turn page. Warbucks interrupts. Warbucks, like he like literally, Warbucks page one. Did I just do a radio show? <laughs> Did I just do an ad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. And he's like, didn't I just tell you that over the radio? <laughs> like, like, it's like, oh my God, he's so bad. And I love the dude in the background that like tries to touch Annie and then Punjab just like punches him, like knocks him out. And then every time he tries to go up to uh, Daddy Warbucks, he like gets knocked out again, that poor guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then we get into one of my favorite songs, which is Hey, hobo man, hey, diaper dan, you both got your style, but you're never fully dressed with, without a smile, it's so good. Who cares what you're wearing on Main Street or Savile Road? And then... I love that song. I love that we first hear it on the radio, and then we see the little orphans that are Annie's friends do their own thing, and I love how they use someone's foot as their microphone, and little Molly's, like, running around. She's really good. Again, this is probably one of my favorite songs because I could actually sing it in the key that they were singing it. So probably one of the reasons I love that one. I love that Molly's like low key, always the leader. Like yeah. she's like next in line when Annie's not there and because she's, the she's doing like the Carol Burnett impression at the beginning. And then she's like leading the sing along of Never Fully Dressed. And she's the one who like later on, obviously, gets them all like rallied together mm -hmm. to go save Annie. Like I love that she's the default leader when Annie's not around. Yeah, and she's so small. And like this 13 year old's like following her. <laughs> it's so funny. And then the other one, oh my goodness. Like, it's so good. Um, so then there's that great song. Um, love it. Love when Warbucks interrupts. Um, and then I guess after that, we get to the whole president sequence where Annie sings tomorrow. I totally forgot how political this movie is. I did not know Daddy Warbucks was a Republican. Did not know that. Totally went over my head as I did not know what Republican or Democrat meant at six years old. But yeah, yeah. did not know that. It's also, like, kind of powerful that they, like, low-key in this movie are, like, yeah, Daddy Warbucks is a, like, capitalist pig. What an idiot. Yeah. and <laughs> It's, like, a powerful stance to take. Yeah, it's so inspiring, though, when they're all singing together. I think more, like, people in politics should watch this movie because it's really sweet. This shows how people can come together. I just remembered, um, because the president scene, it reminded me, the one line, because my dad, yeah, he always quotes Daddy Warbucks lines. One of the lines that I remember he always distinctly quotes is um, it's because Warbucks and Annie like ride in on his private helicopter to visit the president. And Daddy Warbucks goes, they say it can land on a dime, whatever that is. Oh, my God. That's such a good thing to quote. Oh, man. Yeah, that's such a good scene, though. I always cry when I see it. It's so nice. I love her little red outfit. She's the only one that can pull off, like, red hair and a red dress. And how the she just brings up... dress. Out. And, like, when um, Theodore Roosevelt is like, Sing, Eleanor! Sing, Warbucks! And they're like, The sun will come out tomorrow! Like it's Solo so for the president! Yes! Ah, oh, when I'm stuck with a day! That's great! I'm lonely! I just stick on my chin! Like, it's so... Good. Oh, just look up that, that scene. Look up every scene in this movie. Just watch the movie. But if you don't have time, just look up that one scene. Google like Annie 1982 tomorrow and you will find it. Um, then we find out that there are all these people that come to Daddy Warbuck's house, obviously, because he just said they could get 50 grand if they say they're Annie's parents without any like documents or anything. And... <laughs> Be like, hey, here, here, I'll give you this orphan, like, take her. And, you know, Grace is, like, all really sad. And she's like, oh, I didn't know how many, you know, dishonest people there were in New York. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's New really? York. Really? <laughs> Have but, you lived there your whole life? <laughs> <laughs> like, you literally just said on live radio they'd get 50 grand and it's the depression. Okay. So she's, like, pretty bummed. 
Um, This is the part where Annie finally is starting to accept that her parents might have actually died. Um, She's finally accepting that. And then, of course, we meet Annie's so-called parents. (gasps) Did you know that Mr. and Mrs. Mudge were actually Rooster and Lily? What? You're joking. What? Their disguise is just uncanny. I know. I mean, I didn't even reckon. How would Miss Hannigan recognize her own brother with that thicker mustache and, like, bigger glasses? It's really funny. Oh, my God. They did not know those were actually her parents. It's just just a shocker to think that her parents aren't actually there. But, yeah, so, whoa, Rooster and Lily are pretending to be Annie's parents because they obviously heard it over the radio like some smart people, smart criminals. And, you know, we see them in their little disguise. Bernadette Peters' disguise is better than Rooster's. I've got to say, he still looks like Rooster to me. And then he does like that. Rooster does his, ah, ah, ah. I was just watching Hook, so, like, crowing is, like, in my mind. (laughs) Rooster! (laughs) Oh, my God. So good. Love Tim Curry even more when I see this. And then um, we get into the whole backstory, which I don't know why this was never told to Annie, because all the other girls know that their parents are dead, but Annie is kind of, like, in this dreamland, and she still thinks her parents are alive. And Miss Hannigan tells her brother and, and... Lily, that basically Annie's parents died in a fire and they have all their stuff. Um, when the fire happened, the police came and like gave Miss Hannigan the stuff as well as half the locket. So the evil characters are basically looking through every box. They just throw everything on the ground, like super disorganized, but they're looking for half the no- necklace so they can come and claim Annie. Because, well, Miss Hannigan has everything there. She has the birth certificate. It's so good. And when they do it, because they're criminals and they've choreographed this all out, they're going to pretend they don't know about the 50 grand reward, which is super smart. Totally went over my head that Tim Curry says, after we get the 50 grand, we're going to throw Annie in the river. (laughs) Did not hear that. Yeah, they totally, like, Tim Curry is totally okay with child murder in this movie. Like, really, he's just like... I'm doing what I have to do here for 50 grand. It's, it's, it's very scary. Um, then we get to the, my favorite number of the movie. I wouldn't say this is my favorite song, but oh my God, Easy Street. Oh, the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love that one so much. I love the opening when Bernadette Peters finds the necklace and Tim Curry is basically like, z, z. <laughs> I can't do it. Like, it's like, z, z easy street like it's so good easy street annie is the key like it's such a good opening to the song it's so well done and they're like literally the perfect three people to do it like it's it's such a well choreographed like comedic but also like uh uh-oh they're the villains song i love them even though they were like hurting like my favorite character who is annie but watching it I was like oh my god they're so cool and I love the music I love that there's like some ragtime music to it I love the choreography I love how you know sexy um Tim Curry and Bernadette Peters are and then like Carol Burnett gets her foot stuck in a wall (laughs) like it's so funny (laughs) I love how she's just like falling into like the wall and like she's just like it's just so well done and then she like blows the 
kazoo into Bernadette Peter's ear. So funny. Love it. Oh, I just wanted more of them. Loved it so, so much. It was really actually well done. I was wondering the entire time where all the orphans were in this big number. But, you know, they were, I guess, washing the bathroom floor. Not, not quite sure. Um, it was just so good. It's the most memorable dance scene for me. Even though I hadn't seen this movie in such a long time, that's kind of... I always think of the Tomorrow song with the president, and then I think of um, this one, because it's just... It's so good. No one else could have been in those roles. Uh, it just... They steal the show for me. It's so sexy. It's so good. Love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so sexy. That's probably like the first time I ever saw something sexy in my entire life. <laughs> Honestly, probably same. I like... Yeah. Yeah, probably same. And then I also thought every guy looked as good as he did in Suspenders. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's wrong. That really <laughs> lied to me. Because <laughs> that is not the truth. Um, Listen, yeah, Tim that... Curry also set up unrealistic standards and that not every man looks that good in fishnets as he does in Rocky oh Horror. God. But, you know. He's actually so hot to me. <laughs> Tim Curry's an attractive dude. <laughs> um. Yeah, moving on from that. <laughs> um, yeah, just just really good, really really hot stuff. Uh, then I guess we um, do we go back to? I guess we kind of quickly go back to. Oh no, we go see we see Molly and the other orphans, and Molly's heard this whole plan because you know Carol Burnett and Tim Curry are literally screaming it. <laughs> they literally hear the whole plan of what they're gonna do to Annie. And Molly's like, we gotta save Annie! We gotta get Annie! And they literally, like, um, oh no, first of all, they try to escape, and then Tim Curry literally jumps off, like, two stairwells. I don't even know how to describe it. And he's, like, chasing them. And I'm like, oh yeah, you get them, man. But then at the same time, I'm like, no, don't get them! (laughs) But then they lock all of the children in a tiny closet, which is fine. It's normal days for the... Hannigan orphans. It's just a normal day. And yeah. they climb out of the closet through a vent. And then, you know, they jump down off a roof. Don't really know how that all worked. Get down. Then they somehow run or want to run 900 blocks in New York City in order to get to Daddy Warbucks's mansion, which I'm like, how do you even know where that is? Oh, I guess from the radio. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. These children are committed to saving their friend. They are so committed. And, um, then we basically get to uh, Rooster and Lily arriving at Daddy Warbucks's house because they just let anybody in. And they're literally like, we are Annie's parents. We've been looking for her for 10 years. And they're like, we live in this little cute little house. And, you know, they're perfect because they're criminals. They do it so well. I actually believe Bernadette Peters when she goes up to Annie and like, puts the locket together and it's like a perfect fit and it's like oh my god and you know we know what's happening but at the same time it's like oh my gosh they're Annie's parents and Annie has finally accepted the fact that you know her parents are dead so seeing this now she's like super confused doesn't really know what to do they have the birth certificate they have everything there and I love it when daddy warbucks is like so are you gonna get the 50 grand and then tim curry's like 50 grand like what and like they're all like we didn't know about it and then grace is like well then how did you know you'd find annie here and she's the nice lady at the orphanage told us and i was like you just said she was nice that's your giveaway (laughs) like everyone knows miss hannigan's the red flag number one red flag (laughs) 
And then um, Annie is packing her clothes with Grace, and she's basically, like, saying how she can't keep it all because she doesn't want her parents to feel bad, which is, like, keep the freaking clothes. Like, keep them. But she gives them all away to her friends. She gives them. I love how she pulls out the bathing suit, and she's like, um, Pepper would love this. And I'm like, what would she need a bathing suit for? <laughs> like, you're already in the rich life, Annie. You don't even know. remember what it was like in the orphanage. <laughs> there's that you think miss hannigan's gonna take those kids to the pool yeah right (laughs) she'll drown them more like um so then there's that and then um daddy warbucks is literally um writing the check and he's like kind of waving it back and forth and there's a bit of the suspense between like tim curry and bernadette peters and um i think bernadette Peters, no, maybe it's Tim Curry that takes it. I'm not quite sure which one takes it. And and then um, Bernadette Peters says, like, the line, did we mention that already? I don't know. She's like, we we can buy just, some, like, you know, some milk and some bread. And I'm like, you have freaking 50 grand, lady. Like, <laughs> you don't have to work again. You could buy a whole new farm. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, you don't need to worry about milk. That's the first thing you say. It's like, stop. You're not convincing enough. And then they leave with Annie and Sandy the dog comes along in the back of the truck. And then, you know, right away, they don't even wait one minute. Carol Burnett is literally jumping into the car right outside the gate. And it's like, wow, that was like really well planned. That's not weird at all. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not suspicious. Nobody saw that. Yeah, (laughs) the doorman did not see that. That was just like, oh, yeah, they're letting a blind person into the car. Okay, Miss Hannigan's like, we got the money. And then you can do the rooster thing again. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, he does his he rips off his disguise and does his. "Ah, ah, ah!" Can't you even do, do it such well. A good job. No, you do so well. Like, literally rips off the big mustache and then underneath the little mustache. <laughs> Just so silly. And then like Bernadette Peters takes off the brown wig and she, they're like making out while she's driving the car, which is like okay, that's safe. And then Annie's like, oh my god. It's Miss Hannigan. Like, she literally doesn't know right away it's Miss Hannigan. I'm like, you've been living with her for 10 years, and you didn't know it was Miss Hannigan? And then Sandy's, like, in the back, and they're driving as fast as they can. Now we get to, like, the big climactic ending, and Annie's like, I gotta go wee-wee. I gotta go pee, miss. And, you know, right away, when this is happening, you make the kid pee in the car the worst thing that can happen is getting peed on right now but like if once you let the kid out of the car then everything hell will break loose just get peed on well and it's like it's you know it ties into what we were talking about earlier of like annie once again outsmarting every single adult around her to get her way because she knows exactly what to say to get them to let her out of the car yeah Exactly. And like, okay, if I was Annie, I would get out of the car, which she does, and run away. I wouldn't bother taking the check because they won't chase me if I don't have the check. I'd run back to Daddy Warbucks, be like, oh my god, oh my goodness, they kidnapped me. And they, and then he can just like block the check or whatever, you know, just don't let anyone go into his bank account. 
and then he'll have Annie. But instead, she has to be a little brat and rip up 50 grand. And then she's like, oh no, Tim Curry is mad. Like, really? You just ripped up 50 grand? No kidding. No shit, little Annie. Like, she's like super like, That's oh like my a God. powerful moment, though. She just like rips that up in literally, front of them. She doesn't give a fuck. She's like, it's fuck powerful. You. Like, literally. Like, Fuck Annie just you. like peeing all over yeah. the remains of the check, like ha 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 ha. It's so funny. It's like, whoa, little lady, you just ripped up fifty grand. And then I love how like Bernadette Peters is trying to piece it back together. That would be me. Like, oh, just worrying about the check. Tim Curry is like going nuts. Now I don't know. There's this unrealistic redeeming quality of Miss Hannigan. All of a sudden, even though Rooster literally said we'll throw Annie in the river, she's like, oh my god, he's gonna kill her he's gonna actually kill her and i'm like no shit miss hannigan he literally told you he was gonna drown her in a river (laughs) like i don't know if i believe this redeeming quality honestly though and maybe it's again just because like the 2014 annie left such a bad taste in my mouth but like i think that this is way because in the 2014 annie i don't know if you ever actually saw it all the way through i did for some ungodly reason i was like Um, no it doesn't exist christina it was like in the movie theater. There was like it was like over spring break. The movie theater that used to be by my house before it closed did this thing called like Toonie Tuesdays during spring break, and so I could see it for like two dollars. And my mom and I were like, "Well, two dollars is like as much as we're willing to spend on what's probably going to be a bad movie." Um, and so we watched it. And we hated it, um, but we didn't watch it all the way through. And like. I don't even remember exactly what happens. I just remember that they give Miss Hannigan like a way bigger redeeming arc and they like, by the end of it, it's like, oh, she's a good person and she's like doing all this good stuff and it's like so stupid and they give Miss Hannigan like this massive like redemption arc in the new movie, which like makes no sense. And so in comparison to that, this feels like a way more believable arc in the sense of like Miss Hannigan goes from like hating Annie to like, still hating Annie but not hating her enough to want her to die like it's like a way more believable leap than like Miss Hannigan in the 2014 one going from being like I hate children to being like oh my god I'm gonna be a better mother it's like oh fuck off oh no and I can just imagine Cameron Diaz like no um yeah so like I did find it like okay but at the same time I was like you did know the plan maybe she was just like sober maybe she's never sober and then all of a sudden she was sober because she hadn't drunk in a little while and she was like hmm we are kidnapping a child and now he's going to kill her maybe just she didn't have a vodka in a little while (laughs) yeah well honestly no that like would make sense like I feel like earlier like maybe she just assumed like it was like you know like like you know when somebody's mad and they're like ah I'm gonna kill you and you like know Mm -hmm. it's hyperbole like I always assumed that like Miss Hannigan just like assumed when um tim curry was like ah and the kid will throw her in the river that she was like oh haha rooster you're so funny like i think that she always assumed that it was just like hyperbole and that like he didn't actually mean it and then in that moment she's like oh wow he's actually willing to murder a child (laughs) yeah so now we basically get to the scene um i think it's at a it's at a bridge right and the bridge is lifted up yep I think so. And this Annie, is the part of the movie that my girlfriend did not like. Because my girlfriend, like, she didn't, like, hate this movie. She was, like, pretty on board with it all the way through. But she did not like the climax because she thought it was so ridiculous and way too, like, dramatic. And she thought that it was really? so silly. And I was like, yeah, yeah, she, like, did not like the ending at all. And I was like, listen, it's dramatic. There's a potential of death. <laughs> I thought, like, it's a really good 
climax scene. Like, I think it really... I like it. Because <laughs> we've been building up to this moment. I mean, the movie really only starts getting going. Yes, it's really cute about the whole Daddy Warbucks thing, but the movie really only starts getting like, ooh, this is good, when they find the locket and there's like the whole plan. That's when I'm like really into this movie, even at six. And I was like, okay, this is going to get good. So because it's such this long buildup, I thought that the ending is really, really powerful and scary and good, and it still scares me as an adult. Um, Basically, Annie is climbing up the side of the bridge, and Tim Curry is chasing her and following her, and, you know, there's, like, they're slipping, and all this stuff is happening, and then um, Grace and Daddy Warbucks find out that um, Annie has been kidnapped because the orphans and Sandy somehow get to Daddy Warbucks' house. And of course they trust like 10 orphans coming to a million billionaire's house. Cause why not? All she- Molly has to say is they're bad people. They're bad people. And he's like, leaping lizards. And it's like, he believes just from that one line that they're bad people. We must <laughs> like, call all of the police. <laughs> yes. She's been kidnapped. We are going to believe this six year old child and literally get everyone in New York upset so you know they're driving around Punjab is in the helicopter he like literally takes off his turban and helps save Annie with his turban and she like grabs onto it Tim Curry he literally pushes off the bridge with his his foot and of course Tim Curry like falls perfectly on like this I guess it's, like, some trampoline thing. Of course, they never want to kill the Oh, well, it's, like, all the firefighters, like, because all the firefighters had, like, set it up, presumably yeah. to, like, save Annie. But I guess when Punjab <laughs> saves her, they, like, catch him on it. Oh, I forgot to say that um, Tim Curry also, like, punches Miss Hannigan, his brother, her brother. Yeah, he, like, knocks her <laughs> he knocks out. knocks her out. <laughs> and then, like, t- okay, there's this, like, Miss Hannigan, like, hits him with her purse when... They, like, arrest him, and she, like, says the weirdest word to him, and I'm like, really? That's how you're going to describe him right now? You're not going to say, like, you murderer, you psycho. Like, she says the, I don't know, I can't remember what it was, but it was, like, the weirdest line, like, you silly boy or something, and I'm like, what? <laughs> he is a freaking murderer. <laughs> like, he's not just, like, a oh silly my, I boy. know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about, but I do not remember what she says, oh but gosh, I can picture really it in my name. head. It's like, you silly rooster, and I'm like, oh, there could be many other terms to describe him right now. <laughs> like, many. And Bernadette Peters can is I just... Can I just say? Yeah. <laughs> Before we, like, get too far away from the, like, the big climax, I think that, like... What, again, I'm, I'm sorry I keep coming back to it, but I think, like, in ter- with the musical and with um, the 2014 movie, and maybe with the Disney movie, I don't know, I've never seen it, but, like, I think that what is so, I'm just going to say it, the people who made the 2014 Annie movie are cowards, and here is why. What is so cowardly about this adaptation, and honestly even about the Broadway one, is, like, just because Punjab's character has traditionally been so steeped in, like, terrible racial stereotypes does not mean that there is not a way to include his character in a significantly more, like, culturally sensitive and appropriate way. Like, Punjab is the hero at the end of the day of the 1982 Andy, Annie, and they totally could have had, like, uh, you know, a more like modern 
not racist, like culturally sensitive version of Punjab in the musical in the 2014 Annie and actually made him like a fully realized, like well-developed, like real human being character and still have him get to be the hero. And it would have been such great representation, but instead they chickened out and just cut his character entirely because it was easier to cut him than God forbid, try to make a Persian character be complex and not stereotyped like it's so gross i think that's even worse than what they're doing here because at least they put him in this movie yeah and like he's an important character at the end of the day he is crucial to the Mm -hmm. story and to just cut him is such a cop-out yeah because they could have done something different like you know punjab is the hero and obviously there are racist things that happen in this movie but I think they were meaning well when putting him in there. Um, but then just taking him out altogether, I think is like super, like you say, super coward-like. So, yeah, take that 2014, Annie, with your like 31% <laughs> score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Annie also got a really bad score on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes anymore. They gave Mamma Mia 2 95%. They so did not. I, like, they did. They did. <laughs> what? So after that, I like do not trust Rotten Tomatoes anymore. They gave Little Woods. No, maybe they gave Little Woods a good one. They gave a movie I really liked, like a really bad score, and I was like, "What now?" <laughs> I usually go for the viewer rating. You know, when you like Google a movie. Yeah, um, fair. And it's like, yeah, I didn't have to deal with this. I know this movie is amazing. Like my six-year-old <laughs> self had good taste. Um, and then. Oh, we're almost done now. That makes me sad. We got to, like, you know, the whole climactic scene. Rooster, I did have the image of Rooster and Lily in prison for some reason. We never see them again. I don't know why I thought that we had, like, a little, like, scene of them in prison. I don't know. But anyway, still weirded out that Miss Hannigan does not have to go to jail. And the whole thing with her and Punjab is kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know what's being insinuated. Yeah, I really don't know what's being insinuated there, but whatever it is, I don't like it. And I also like, yeah, I don't know how she like because she like turned on Rooster at the end. I don't know how that absolves her of like whatever punishment Lily and Rooster had to have, but whatever. Yeah, you still were in the crime. You were still involved in the crime. But, like, and it's fine. And you basically have abused all these poor girls. But okay. Yeah, she's Carol Burnett. She can do whatever it's she wants. It's fine. She's changed her ways. It's all good. So in the Broadway play, um, I think I did actually see um, the play of this, like Queen Elizabeth Theatre, when I was, I think after watching the movie, because I was, like, super into Annie. Apparently, I was very obsessed. had no memory of this, but I was. So I think my mom took me to see this. Um, and apparently it ends on Christmas in the play. Yeah. Um, but in the movie, it ends on the 4th of July. Very and patriotic. Like, Annie's, yeah, basically in her little red dress again. It's basically just like 24 hours after that hellish, hellish time. Annie was literally just falling off a bridge while Tim Curry was like pushing her and pushing her and making her. Oh, my God. My body strength is so weak. I would fall instantly. He wouldn't oh, yeah. even need to like 
pull my fingers off the bridge. Like, I would literally be like, bye, <laughs> like, fall. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to grab on to Punjab. Like, no, <laughs> she's very strong. But then we get to the finale, which is cute. And it's like, you know, Aileen Quinn showing off her, like, tap dancing. And, you know, Daddy Warbucks. And they're That's kind another- of dancing, finally see, like, that's another duet yeah, that my dad and I used to sing together Aww. when we watched the movie because it's her and That's her dad. Cute. And then we find out kind of like that Daddy Warbucks and Grace are going to end up together and there's a bit of a smooch. Ooh. And then, you know, all the orphans are there with their cotton candy. And it's like, God, aren't they jealous of Annie? And Miss Hannigan's riding an elephant. And I love the line when um, Annie's basically like, yesterday was plain awful and then um daddy warbucks is like you can say that again and then she's like yesterday was plain awful awful. like it's like oh my god that's done but now that's done like i'm like um do you not have any trauma from yesterday (laughs) (laughs) yeah no no lingering trauma annie will never need therapy (laughs) she's fine no never never (laughs) and then there's like um how does the song go like what's the main um, I'm trying to think, like, the main, like, chorus of this movie. It's, like, um, of the finale. Ugh, well, they do, know, like, now, it's but... sort of like a medley because they start with the, um, yeah. I don't need anything but you. And then they transition Thank into, like, you, yeah. we've got Annie. I wish you were my kid. We've got right. Annie and she's got it all. <sighs> right. Oh, my gosh. And then they, like, so walk by the president and, and he goes, that's 4th of July, kid. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt's there, you know, even though they're like Democrats, but okay. And they're there. They're just <laughs> hanging Annie. out. They love Annie. And, uh, <laughs> and then we get to like the whole fireworks scene and Annie is literally fireworks in the air with her name. So cute. And then at the end of the credits, we get kind of like a medley of all the songs, but we don't get Little Girls in Easy Street, which, oh, maybe we do get Easy Street. We don't get Little Girls, though, which is really sad. Mm. Nobody wants to, and we don't get Sign. We don't get that song, um, but we get Easy Street, so I'm really happy about that. I love in Easy Street when they're like, where you sleep till noon? I'm like, yeah, I want to go somewhere where I sleep till noon. I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> Sorry, do you mean me over the summer? <laughs> <laughs> do you live on Easy Street, Christina? apparently that's where i live in sackville easy street new brunswick easy street Ooh, oh my god you have to wear suspenders and then i'll really believe it yes um, i can already crow i'm like halfway there yeah you're like almost a rooster just don't like kill anybody and it's fine minus the child murder to be clear yeah just like do your part in the middle you know like grow a mustache it's all but again to reiterate no child murder (laughs) i want to be him for halloween i really want to be him. that would be fun oh my god how has nobody been him and lily for halloween oh i need to do it See, if my girlfriend liked this movie more (laughs) if my girlfriend liked this movie more i would ask us to be like rooster and lily because she's got the curly hair but i don't think she liked the movie enough to do that I'll like do brother liked and it, sister but... with you. Oh and my I'll god! Be Miss Hannigan. Yes. 
I'll do like the lashes. I don't really know how to do that hair, but I have probably like that. She always wears like a shawl, right? Like a big fluffy scarf and yeah. like her lingerie. Don't really know where I'd find that, but I'd come up with something. <laughs> um, before we move on to the last judgment, if you still have time, I have some fun facts. <clears throat> oh, yeah. That I Googled. Um, if you still have time, I know this is like the longest podcast ever. I just realized hit I was with the time the, like, oh my God. Yeah. Hit me with the rapid fire really fun facts. Time. Okay. So this was in, by 1982, the most expensive musical ever made. It cost about $40 million. Holy shit. Insane. Wow. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, but like, wow. I feel kind of sad that I didn't realize it was that much money because it's like, oh gosh, all that money put into it and I didn't even know. But like when she gets to the town, like Mr. Bundles lets her out and you know, that whole like scene of the the town is really well done. Like all the food, everything like that. Um, all the cars, that must have cost yeah, so much. all the extras. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and like I I do not know if this is true. Maybe you will fact check me on this later, but like I do believe like it certainly appears like they film it in a real mansion. Um Oliver Daddy Warbucks's mansion was built in 1929 by Hubert Parson. Um so it is a real mansion in West Long Beach, New Jersey, which is really cool. Um the other fact was that Albert Finney was not the first choice to play Daddy Warbucks. Um, actually also Bette Midler was supposed to be Miss Hannigan, which like, I like Bette Midler, but no. Um, oh wow. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Like Carol Burnett's definitely a better choice, but that would have yeah. been interesting. Um, so for Mr. Um, Warbucks, it was actually Sean Connery. Um, but he was like, I'm not shaving my head. So also, Cary Grant was asked for it, even though he was, like, 72 at the time. I'm like, how would that have worked? Oh, um, no, like, no, no, no. I've never no, been a Cary no. Grant fan, so no. Really happy you went to Albert Finney. He was about 40 at the time, so perfect age. And Steve Martin was the first choice to be Rooster, which is like, uh... That would have been interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, know. I don't think, I also don't think he would have been as good as Tim Curry, but I think that he could have, like, pulled it off. Yeah, I think he could have, I don't know if he could have pulled off, like, the dancing and all that, because that was, like, really good. Um, and, like, some of the things, but apparently he was actually in a relationship with Bernadette Peters, and they had just broken up, so that's why he didn't want to do whoa, the Whoa, 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 wait a second. You're telling me that Steve Martin dated Bernadette Peters? yeah what right i did not know about this I what know. a weird couple <laughs> i didn't know it either uh, <laughs> all right they were apparently in a movie called the jerk together sure <laughs> <laughs> maybe we have to do that one next i don't know i love bernadette I'll, I'll do more bernadette movies she's not in that many so i'll do that yeah, did you also true. know that bernadette peters and tim curry were in Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas together, like the voices of, which is really sweet. Wait, who do they voice in the Enchanted Christmas? I love that Christmas special. So Tim Curry's like the evil piano oh, dude. okay, that I makes sense. Yeah, the evil organ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Bernadette Peters is like the one that Lumiere likes. Is she the, the angel? Duster. I think so. Oh, no, she's the angel. That's yes. right. That's so good. I need to watch that again. <laughs> I didn't watch it this Christmas. Ah, it's still kind of Christmas. I'll check it out. <laughs> um, 
So Easy Street <laughs> was originally, um, they filmed it. It was one of the, l well, it actually ended up being the last thing to be filmed. But at the time, it was this huge, like, big show-stopping number where it was actually a fantasy sequence. And it ended, so, like, it started off the same way with, like, Bernadette Peters finding the necklace and then him going, like, Z -Z -Z. <laughs> and then them, like, moving on to, like, some dream sequence. And it oh, was, wow. like, them on Easy Street with all these other extras, and they were, like, dancing around. The three of them hated it. They said, this doesn't even make sense because it's a song just about us. And they kept telling, like, John Houston, I'm paraphrasing here, um, literally how they were, like, no, it should just be, like, a villain song. We don't need all these other extras singing about Easy Street. Anyways, it got into the movie. They watched the whole movie when they edited it. And then they were, like, ah, you know what? It doesn't actually fit. So three months after it finished shooting... They made them all come back. Um, it says here that Tim Curry went back to London. Bernadette Peters went back to New York. And Miss um, Carol Burnett went back to L.A. And they made them all come back to shoot, reshoot Easy Street again. And they, and they, they were all like, all boy, we told again. you so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Carol Burnett says here that she got her chin done in those three months. So she says, if you look closely, she has a chin. <laughs> what? She's, like, saying how she, like, got her chin done after Annie, and then when she was called back, she has a chin in the new Easy Street sequence. That's really, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I need to look for this now. She's, like, you can notice um, when he pulls, when she pulls out the necklace that I don't have a chin, and then when we're, I'm dancing, I do have a chin. I need to look for this now. This sounds very interesting. <laughs> That's really funny. Um. I'm really glad it ended up being the way it did because it's so good the way it is. It just, it wouldn't have worked as a fantasy sequence. Yeah, it fits so well the way that it is. If you don't like Annie, I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast, but if you don't like Annie, just look up Easy Street 1982 and it's like the most sexy thing you'll ever see. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> take that, Bridgerton. Just saying. I was going to say, I don't know. We did just watch Bridgerton. <laughs> it's like my six-year-old thinks it's the sexiest thing ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah. Honestly, I didn't find Bridgerton sexy at times. I just found it kind of gross. That's I did fair. find everything with um, Anthony sexy, though, and the girl Hell yeah. that I always forget her name of. That was really sexy. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they're at the same level for me. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm so sorry, people listening to this. <laughs> like, um, okay, yeah, talked about her chin surgery. Who gets chin surgery, by the way? Rich people, apparently. Um, yeah, yeah, apparently. Um, that's what you spend your money on when you're a Warbucks. So <clears throat> apparently New Jersey signed a law to allow children in the cast to work at night because before this movie, kids were in bed by 8 p.m. <laughs> they weren't actually allowed to work after 11.30 p.m. So that's really sad that these children had to work in the middle of the night. Oh, wow. But there you go. That's what it's like to be in Hollywood. That's showbiz, kid. <laughs> um, 8,000 girls auditioned to play Annie, including Sarah Jessica Parker, apparently. Um, but it went to Aileen Quinn. No way. <laughs> right? I don't see that working. No, that's, I mean, well, okay, granted, I've like never. She 15. Yeah, I don't know what Sarah Jessica Parker looked like as a child. I only know what she looked like, like, <clears throat> later as an adult. But that's weird to picture. That, I don't like that. <laughs> no. I don't like it either. It scares me. 
Um, they picked Aileen Quinn because she actually was in the Broadway production of Annie. So I don't know why they had to audition all those 8,000 girls. Just pick the one that's in the production. But Who already knows the okay. role, but whatever. <laughs> oh, here. Tim Curry said he based his performance off of Rooster on a stagehand he knew while performing a play in New York City. I'm very curious how this person, like what this person was like in real life. Why would you base somebody off of a rooster? That sounds awful. I don't know if I'd be very happy if I was that person. Yeah, I'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's all the facts I have. Oh, one more. The scene featuring Maybe was the last one to be shot. Um, yeah, so that's interesting that they ended that one without song. But Okay, that's really nice. Aww. That's a cute way to end it. Um, okay, should we move over to, um, The Last Judgment now? It's like the longest podcast ever. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. you know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> you have to sing it, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> Did any move you or not? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, let's just say, we've got Annie, I wish she were my kid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, of course it did. I love this movie. I always have. Um, it's by no means perfect, but I love it a lot. And it just like makes me happy and gives me joy. And I love watching it and hearing the music. And I will make my child watch it one day. I am so excited to watch this every day with my child. And I will make them watch it every day because it's the only thing they'll know. They'll only think that this is the only movie out there. And I'm so happy that that'll happen. It'll be, it'll, I'll like be recreating my, my childhood. Like it'll be like me and my kid just like cycling through Annie and the Wizard of Oz. Like, yeah, they'll only, they'll have such good taste in movies now though. So that's good. Exactly. And they'll only watch movies I like. Exactly. I'm not movies I don't like. Yeah, no, why would I make my kid <laughs> watch a movie I don't like? And hopefully, I'll still have the DVD, and DVDs are still a thing where I can show that dun 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 dun, dun, dun like yeah. secrets. <laughs> I hope that DVDs will still be around in ten years, so I can show them that. Um, okay, yes, Annie moved me. It did. <laughs> it always moves me. I love Annie. It's so good, and it's so good every time you watch it. There's like other things you find, other little things you see. Um, oh, Carol Burnett. Ah. Oh awesome she's so good i love aileen quinn no one else could have done this not even sarah jessica parker i just find that really disturbing <laughs> but aileen quinn is so good she's just such a perfect annie annie is such a good role model you know all those women that don't want to show princess movies to your daughters then just show them annie she's like a great role model yeah um, truly yeah what else is there to say um maybe i don't know did Daddy Warbucks deserve the Daddy the Daddy sign? I think it should have been like Daddy Rooster because he's definitely Daddy. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> That's the only crime in this movie. I don't know if Daddy Warbucks deserves that. I don't think Daddy Warbucks, Oliver Warbucks, is he really Daddy? Mm, mm -mm. I'll give it to the other guy <laughs> until he tries to murder Annie. <laughs> maybe after that. Maybe when he's good. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, Legends, Legends. Don't watch the remake of this. Watch mm -hmm. this version. Watch this so version. Good. Don't watch Show any other version. This, version. this is the only one. I can't believe... Yeah, this is the only one. And I can't believe that they even made more. Because you can't challenge 
challenge perfection. You can't remake perfection. Stop remaking great movies with great people that you'll never find again. I am curious how Mm -hmm. Bette Midler would have done in Miss Hannigan's role, but Carol Burnett was perfect. She's so good. Oh, just look up Carol yeah. Burnett. Oh, just look up everything. <laughs> look it all up. Anything Carol Burnett's <laughs> Watch it on ever Netflix. done. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, yeah, such a good movie. I can't wait to show this to my future child one day. Um, yeah, I guess that's yeah, that's I guess that's it. I think we talked about everything in this movie. No one can be listening to this podcast and be like, damn, they missed that good part. Cause I think <laughs> we covered, we covered this movie. everything. <laughs> We literally covered it. I think we know it better than, like, John Houston knew it. But, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thank you for, Christina, coming back on the show. Oh, anytime. For our first musical and our longest episode ever. We're getting to, like, an hour and 50 minutes here right now. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and I want to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. I hope you enjoy Annie, and I hope you watch it. Even if you're not a musical fan, which again, don't know why you'd be listening to this, but just watch it. Just look up Easy Street. It's so good. Um, And don't forget to subscribe. And if you have any film suggestions that you'd like us to do or more musicals like Annie, you can email me at emmareviewsmovies at gmail.com with some suggestions. Thank you for listening.